Ciao e benvenuti al mio primo podcast per Learn Italian for Travel. Sono Danielle, la vostra insegnante di italiano, e oggi parlo della mia famiglia italiana. Hello and welcome to my first podcast for Learn Italian for Travel. My name is Danielle and I am your Italian instructor. Today I'm going to be talking about my Italian family. The way that I'm going to be doing these more intermediate level podcasts is that I'm going to introduce vocabulary in the beginning. I'll say the word in Italian and then define it for you. And hopefully as you're listening, wherever you may be, whether you're at home or in the car or walking your dog in the park, you can repeat after me and practice the pronunciation as well. And I'm also going to write down the vocabulary as well as the transcript of the story and translation on my website that is learnitalianfortravel.com and you'll find all of this in the blog section of the website under podcast numero uno, La Familia Italiana. So check that out if you're a learner that likes to see words written out and also likes to refer to the vocabulary. Allora, comincio con il vocabulario della famiglia. The first word is i parenti. I parenti sono relatives. That is a false cognate. It looks like the word parents, but it does not mean parents. It means members of your family, all relatives. Poi, i genitori. I genitori sono parents. Il nonno. Grandfather. La nonna. Grandmother. I fratelli. So this word, it can mean two different things. It can mean brothers or it can mean siblings, a mix of brothers and sisters. Because in Italian, words, when they're a mix of, of both genders, uh, male and female together, they always go to the masculine ending, which is going to be that, that I ending. Il fratello maggiore, older brother. Maggiore is going to mean older in that context. La sorella, sister. And then la sorella minore, younger sister. Il figlio, son. And then if you have kids, plural, it's the same thing that happens with fratelli. You would say i figli. And that could be sons or it could be a mix of boys and girls. It could be kids. So that word, if you're looking at the vocabulary list, you'll see it's written with a G-L-F-I-G-L-I-O, figlio. And that sound, when you're making it, comes more from the back of your mouth um, towards your throat than the tip of your tongue. So it's got that gl kind of sound. La bisnonna, great-grandmother and finalmente il bisnonno, great-grandfather. Many of these words for Italian family members have a double consonant in them. So I, I don't know if you picked this up as I was saying this, but if there's a word with a double consonant, it means that you rest slightly longer on that sound. Per esempio, il nonno, not il nonno. And 
i fratelli, not il fratelli. So you'll, you'll pick up on that as you're listening to people speak Italian and practice that, that resting slightly longer on that sound to really emphasize that there are two consonants in a word. So um, andiamo avanti. The next group of vocabulary words are possessive pronouns. In Italian, they're a lot trickier than they are in English. For, for example, in English, we just say my, well, there's one word. And in Italian, there are actually four different ways to say my, as well as four different ways to say your, singular, his or hers, ours, yours, plural, and that's it. The way to say there, there's only one word. You're just going to change the article that comes in front of the word. So the possessive pronouns are tricky, but they, they just agree in gender and number with the noun that you're modifying. So if you want to say my and you're referring to a singular masculine noun, you would use mio. So if I want to say my grandfather, I would say mio nonno. So a little tricky thing, though, about these possessive pronouns is that when you're talking about family members, you don't use the definite article in the singular form. Anything else that you talk about in Italian that's not a family member um, in the singular form, you would use the definite article. Um, per esempio, if I want to say my book, I would say il mio libro. So technically, if you, tr if you translate all of that, it's the my book. But that's not the meaning. The meaning is just my, il mio libro. But so just remember, family members in the singular, no definite articles. Any other time you're using the possessive pronouns, whether it's family members in the plural or any other noun that you're using to, and you're wanting to, to indicate possession, you do include the definite article. So then the word for my, if I'm referring to a singular feminine noun, is mia. Per esempio, mia sorella. If I want to say my, indicating plural masculine nouns, I would say i miei. So my kids, i miei figli. The next uh, possessive pronoun is a little tricky because it actually refers to both his and hers because the possessive pronouns, what, what changes is the noun that's being modified. So if I say suo, that could mean his or it could mean hers. And you'll have to figure that out based on the context because what suo is going to refer to is the noun, not the person who it belongs to. So, per esempio, if I said her dad, I would say suo padre. If I said his dad, I would also say suo padre. So you'll figure that meaning out in, based on the context. So the feminine form of that is sua, so if I say sua madre, it would be his mother or her mother. And then the plural form of that is i suoi, the masculine plural form, um, his or her grandparents, i suoi nonni. Bene, okay, the last possessive pronoun that you're going to hear in this story is loro. It's the most simple because it doesn't change. It's just loro, 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 whether it's masculine, singular, feminine, singular, masculine, plural, or feminine, plural. So what's going to change is the article that comes in the front. Il loro figlio, their son. La loro madre, their mother. 
i loro fratelli, their siblings, le loro nonne, their grandmothers. So hopefully that all makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about the words that are in the past tense here. Uh, cominciamo con il passato prossimo. So the passato prossimo or the present perfect is used to uh, refer to an event in the past that happened and ended. So think of an isolated event and there's a beginning and there's an end. That's when we use the passato prossimo. There are two ways to um, construct this, this form. So you're either going to use essere or avere as the helping verb, and then you're going to follow that with the past participle of the, the verb, the infinitive verb. So when you use essere, it's uh, with verbs that are intransitive, meaning they don't take a direct object. And when you use avere, it's with verbs that do take a direct object. So with essere as the helping verb, the end of the past participle is going to change based on the gender of the subject. So cominciamo and hopefully you'll understand what I'm saying. When I say e nata, that means she was born. And you know that it was she because nata ends in an e and that's the feminine singular form. If I say e nato, now I'm referring to a guy, he was born. E cresciuta, she grew up. And again, same thing, because it's using essere as the helping verb, if you change the end of the past participle to an O, then it becomes a, a man that you're talking about, a guy. E cresciuto, he grew up. Si è traslocato, he moved. And that is a reflexive verb, meaning the action comes back to the subject. So you begin that translation that uh, in the passato prossimo with the reflexive pronoun si. E rimasta, she stayed. Si è amalata, she became sick, she got sick, and that is also a reflexive verb. E morta, she died. Ha portato, he or she brought. So now we're using avere as the helping verb, and the past participle is always going to end in O. So you can't tell who the subject of it is if it's a man or a woman. E diventato. He became. E tornato. He returned. Ha sentito. He heard or she heard. E stato messo. He was put. E stata. She was. And this, she was, is referring to um, something that, like I said, happened and ended, um, not a description of, of how she was. Anno mandato. They sent. Okay, benissimo. So the next group of vocabulary words is going to be in the imperfect form. So the imperfect in Italian also describes the past but it has a lot of variation. So what, whereas the passato prossimo is for an event that happened and ended, the imperfect form could be describing an event that happened repeatedly for many years. There's not a designated time period where it, it happened and then it finished. So it could also be when you're describing a scene, a setting, it's used to describe physical and emotional characteristics in the past, it's used to describe age, it's used for time, 
and it's used for weather. You can also use the passato prossimo for weather, however. So la prima parola nell'imperfetto is aveva. Aveva is she had or he had. Era, he was or she was. Abitava, he lived or she lived. Viveva, he lived or she lived. So let's talk about those two verbs really quick before we go on. Abitare and vivere both mean to live. Abitare is going to be associated with a physical place, a physical structure, while vivere can be associated with a place or a physical structure, but it can also be associated with an experience. Um, per esempio, you could say, vivo bene, I live well. But you can't say abito bene. You can say abito a San Francisco, abito in una casa. La prossima parola c'era, there was, poi durava, it lasted. L'ultimo gruppo delle parole, the last group of words, are just altre parole, just other nouns or phrases. Italo americana. Italian-American, but that's a woman, um, that's me actually in the story because it ends in an A, Americana. Vuol dire, vuol dire means, means. <laughs> Siccome, since. Since meaning like because when you're explaining something. Since this happened then, not like something happened from a, like a time period ago. Tutti e due both. La Francia, France. Il francese, French, the language. Il tedesco, German, the language. Il lussemburghese, luxemburghesish, I guess we say in English. I don't even know how to say that word in English. Someone that speaks the language of Luxembourg. Gli Stati Uniti, the United States. L'unico, the only one. And that is, uh, it sounds like it's one word, but it's actually L apostrophe in front of unico, l'unico. Tuberculosi, tuberculosis. So yeah, now you know, I already said e morta, she died. So you know that there's going to be some tuberculosis in this story. So um, per sfortuna, unfortunately. Infanzia childhood, purtroppo, unfortunately, riunire, to reunite, vivere, to live, il soldato, soldier, combattere, to fight, la seconda guerra mondiale, the second world war, in cui, in which, la base militare, the military base, storia d'amore, love story, finalmente, the last word, raconterò, I will tell you, I will recount to you, in the future tense. Va bene, inizio la storia, siete pronti? Io sono italo-americana, vuol dire che sono americana con i parenti italiani. Questi parenti sono sulla parte di mio padre. 
I suoi genitori e i miei nonni sono tutti e due italiani. Mia nonna, che si chiama Odette, è nata in Francia ed è cresciuta in Lussemburgo. Da ragazza parlava francese, italiano e lussemburghese. A casa, con la sua famiglia, lei parlava italiano. Lei aveva due fratelli, un fratello maggiore che si chiama Marcel e una sorella minore che si chiama Flori. Mio nonno non aveva fratelli, era l'unico figlio. Lui è nato in un piccolo paese fuori Lucca che si chiama Bozzano. Quando era molto piccolo, suo padre si è traslocato agli Stati Uniti per cercare un lavoro. Sua madre è rimasta a Bozzano con Enzo. A un certo punto della sua infanzia, mia bisnonna si è ammalata con tubercolosi. È stata isolata dalla sua famiglia e da Enzo per molti mesi e alla fine, purtroppo, è morta. Siccome mio bisnonno abitava negli Stati Uniti, una zia di mio nonno ha portato Enzo lì per riunire e vivere con suo padre. Enzo aveva solo nove anni quando è partito dall'Italia per gli Stati Uniti. Lui abitava nello stato di Nevada e poi, quando era più grande, è diventato un soldato nel militare degli Stati Uniti. È tornato in Europa per combattere nella Seconda Guerra Mondiale. Mio nonno è stato messo in Lussemburgo nello stesso paese in cui viveva mia nonna. I miei bisnonni hanno sentito di questo soldato americano che parlava italiano, infatti era italiano, e quindi hanno mandato mia nonna alla sua base per invitarlo a una cena alla loro casa. Quella cena è stata l'inizio della loro lunga storia d'amore che durava una vita. La loro storia ovviamente continuava, ma vi racconterò quella un'altra volta. La fine. The end. Molto bene. I hope that you understood the story. If you didn't understand the story, you can listen to it again. I recommend going to my website, learnitalianfortravel.com and going to the blog section where you will find the vocabulary list and the transcript in Italian and also the translation in English. If you use social media like Facebook and Instagram, you can follow me under Learn Italian for Travel on Instagram. It's with a number four. And there you'll see a picture of my dear grandparents, i miei cari nonni. So you can put a picture to this story. I have so many stories about them um, that they've shared with me over the years. And I'll continue here to share little tidbits with you of their interesting life and my life. And please, if you have any suggestions for future podcasts, let me know. You could reach out to me through my website as well and send me an email. Um, I'd appreciate it. 
Allora, grazie mille, buono studio e buona serata a tutti voi. Alla prossima, ciao!